Welcome, everybody, to Dead Talk Live. And tonight, well, we have a full house, okay? Playing third base, we have David Meadows, all right? <laughs> Shortstop is Adrian Pastar. Second base, Chris Margettis. Yeah. And first base, Mike Carey. And ha. tonight's pitcher is Max Martini. Yeah. How you guys doing? <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Fantastic. Uh, Thanks for having us. Oh, man, it's a treat. I've never done, a, as you know, I've never done a five-person panel before. Max emailed me this afternoon. He's like, can we put two, many, two more people on? I'm like, oh, shit, I've never done a five-person. Let me see if I can make this screen real estate work. And we had a little bit of uh, adventure trying to put everybody in the right box, but we got it all correct. So thank you so much. And we have a lot to talk about. So let's just go ahead and get started. I'm going to pose this question to Chris, Mike, or Max, whichever one of you guys can best answer this question. Just go ahead and jump in. The whole Manson Brothers idea. What? Explain to our audience what exactly that is and who came up with it. Who is ever the best suited to answer? <laughs> well, um... Uh, Mike, I'll, if you'd like to go, I'll, or I can feel that that's up to you. But uh, I, so I, uh, the Manson Brothers idea came up in 2014 when I was out in Hollywood visiting Max. And Chris and I used to be professional wrestlers together uh, in Chicago locally. And I was uh, actually a, a professional wrestler named Skull Manson. And I had a partner named Ripper Manson. And uh, Chris was just... Uh, coming into the business when I was just getting out to pursue other things. And I said, hey, you know, uh, this guy would make a, a, a great replacement. So he became Stone Manson and he became the third Manson brother. Wow. Uh, so I left and fast forward to 2014, uh, we decided we were going to do this movie. And I said, listen, I got this idea, but I need you to do it with me. And here's the trick. No matter how ludicrous it seems, we're going <laughs> to it's like i'm in so i wrote this thing around these two characters named skull and stone manson uh as this aging tag team and so we built the movie around that and that's how that got started we just thought the backdrop of the you know underbelly of the independent wrestling circuit would be a really interesting um world to build where these characters would operate something a little bit different than people are used to seeing and they're idiots. So it was <laughs> now Max, uh, you have been brought in to direct several Manson brothers films. How did you get roped into this? We had pictures. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a series that we were shooting in Chicago and became buddies and prior to the Manson Brothers movie, I had done a movie, directed my first movie called Sergeant Will Gardner, which was uh, about a veteran that uh, the, the, was suffering. And so the, the intent behind that movie was to raise awareness and monetary support for veterans. So it was it was emotionally taxing and it was very a very serious film. And when Mike and, and Chris brought me the script, I, you know, I, I was skeptical because I, I, the the following up my last film with a zombie comedy was a little bit of a risk. But when uh, <laughs> I read it, uh, you know, I like Mike. I actually it, it, the, the script is hilarious, and I loved the idea that it it was set in this world of wrestling because the the two worlds, to my knowledge, hadn't been. Um, addressed uh, together in the story yet. So, so that was intriguing. And then additionally, I'm not really a fan of the genre. Uh, I am now. I didn't come into it as one. So there was this challenge artistically to kind of see if I could uh, take a, an art degree that I earned as a, as a youngster and, and put it to work and, and uh, come up with the horror elements and come up with, you know, uh, the action in the in the wrestling sequences and these flamboyant characters and find the right level of buffoonery and it, it was just it was kind of like this this ridiculously and beautifully orchestrated mess of a 
<laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that's why I tackled it, really. I mean, to, to tell you the truth, it was just a big challenge for me, you know. And you're happy you took on that challenge? I am happy because one of the things that I was able to do was bring in all my buddies and, you know, which these guys, I mean, Adrian has been in the business forever. He's led his own movies. He's, he's a, a pro. B.B. Sweeney has been in the business forever. Chris and Mike are buddies. Dave and I met on Captain Phillips. Uh, Dave is, is a, uh, a former uh, Navy SEAL. Who who actually is a is a is an accomplished actor and trained as an actor uh, once he got out of the military. So uh, he has one of our leads. He's amazing in it. Um, and you know, and so we put this great group of, of talent talented actors together, and and we just had a really great time, man. And it shows on screen. And you know, uh, yeah. I like this to a Dumb and Dumber type comedy. And I and I I think we're going to give Dumb and Dumber a run for its money. I, I, I promise. <laughs> Really? Now, Adrian, uh, you have this huge resume. I mean, like Max said, uh, you have been in this business for a long time. I've been seeing you on the screen uh, for a while. What was it like for you coming uh, and working on a script that Mike and Chris wrote? Max was directing. Max just explained you guys all know each other from here and there. What was it like actually working with these group of guys? It was great. I mean, uh, you know, every time you, you show up on the set, it's brand new. Uh, you know, the, the, the odds reset. It's like roulette. You never know. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, going in with a guy like Max I've known for so long uh, and, and the cadre, the group of people he's going to put together. Um, I had faith and confidence uh, and, uh, uh, in, in him. So it was great. It was really exciting to be able to come in on a uh, show like this. With, with the guys like this and the story like it was, like it is, and have the freedom to uh, just mess around like we did. Uh, and, you know, sometimes you take a chance and it doesn't work. This time it did. Uh, yeah, yeah, it definitely did. You know what the big chance was is that these are like this, this cast, if you were going to plan a trip to Las Vegas, these are the guys that you want to go, right? So this movie could have gone one of two ways. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, it, <laughs> and the only way it could have gone south is, is possibly if we shot in Las Vegas. But there was a bit of a gamble. Uh, you know, the, the, it, the, the shenanigans were going to be uh, just too much to control. It's, but, like, uh, it's like the real life hangover, the hangover crew behind the <laughs> behind and in front of the camera. <laughs> we we did stimulate big, the Santa Fe economy uh, yeah. regularly, especially on the weekends. So. in Santa Fe, that's for sure. I can imagine how much fun you guys had after the days. You know, you were done shooting for the day, and you probably just went out for a couple of drinks, hung out, and I could I can only just imagine. Now, Dave, David, you uh. Like Max said, you were a Navy SEAL. And to go from a Navy SEAL, uh, by the way, thank you for your service. Uh, to go from a Navy SEAL uh, into acting, that's like, damn, that's quite a flip. How did that happen for you? How did you go from the armed services and uh, an elite squad like the Navy SEALs into being an actor? Uh well, first thing, thank you very much. I thought everybody basically did this. I thought it was like the way we did it. You get out of SEAL teams, you get a book deal, and you know, you get all your stuff, and you know, whatever. Uh, actually, first of all, Mike is a vet as well. Mike was a Marine Corps, uh, so thank, thank you. him. Thank you to all yeah, of you. Thank you, um, It was a really, it, it was an interesting transition, and uh, you know, I, I say that the. Um, the only reason I've had any of the success that I've had right now is because I had the great fortune of having great, great friends and mentors and advisors very early on. Guys like Max, uh, like you mentioned, we met on a Captain Phillips and I've been acting for probably like a year and a half. I hadn't gone to drama school yet. I hadn't done really much of anything. And, uh, and, and having Max kind of in my corner to steer me right was absolutely I mean, I, I can't thank him and all the other people that did that for me enough because the reality is, is that so much of this industry is, uh, frankly, this is full of so much bullshit. Yeah. You know, people having no idea what's going on or giving people bad advice or, 
you know, any of this other kind of thing. It's just very frustrating for people. And I honestly never had that. I had just incredibly smart, uh, well-intentioned people that, that were in my corner from the start. And you brought up Captain Phillips, which is an amazing movie. Uh, you know, uh, it's based on a true story and what happened. I remember that very, very well. Uh, when you are picked and you book roles now for, for movies or TV or whatever, do you see yourself getting typecasted for like that military person, that Navy SEAL? Uh, early on. And then unfortunately I mean, it still does come in there. And actually it's one of the things Max and I have talked a lot about. It's, it's one of the things where, you know, I'm always honored whenever anybody offers to have me to be a part of their project. I do try to steer away from any of that kind of stuff. You know, the, the military guys, the, um, you know, the first responders, any of that kind of stuff, because you're absolutely right. It is a big typecasting. There is, you know, a lot of assumptions and things like that that go by that. And, you know, it's, so it's, I've kind of been able to build a career of people that have believed in me or, you know, whatever, and give me incredible opportunities like Mike and Chris and Max did in this movie to play something that you wouldn't really think that I would be playing. Um, you know, it's, it's built my career, really. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's just one of those things. That's awesome. Now, Chris, my fellow Greek. Yeah. Yes. How are you doing? Faristo. <laughs> so, he doesn't speak Greek. Don't let him fool you. Oh, I know. He's been speaking to my brother, and my brother's been <laughs> filling me in. He's Greek. Uh, his family uh, immigrated to the United States back in the early 1900s. So, as opposed to me... Where my mom, Chris, and my yeah. dad, before he passed away 10 years ago, 50 years in this country, and they can't put together an English sentence. <laughs> they can't. Well, my father was the same. He was born yeah. in Italy. Yeah, spent, spent 50 years in the United States. He could put a sentence together, but it was very oh. broken and lots of, you know. Yeah, yeah. my mom... Uh, I'm my mom watches this show religiously every night, doesn't have a clue as to what I'm saying. She's like, I like watching you laugh. I'm like, okay, mom. That's, that's a wonderful story. My, my papu was very, I mean, he spoke very little. I don't believe he could read. God rest his soul. He was a wonderful man. But he owned, you know, two restaurants. I mean, it's amazing what you can accomplish uh, through hard work, I'm sure your parents are the same way, yeah. and, yet, and yet not having that great of a grasp. Uh, you know, pretty amazing. I was born and raised in New York City, and the Greeks and diners. Almost every diner oh. in New York same City. Same in Chicago. Yeah, <laughs> and Chicago. Yeah. It's Chicago Greek too. owned. Absolutely. It's Greek owned. So, Chris, uh, you and Mike wrote the Manson Brothers uh, Zombie Midnight Massacre. Uh, how did you guys work together? Whose idea was it? How did you guys... I always find it interesting to find out how two writers work together to put together one screenplay. Well, it's kind of interesting because that's actually evolved a little bit because we've, we've written the second film as well, and that changed a little bit, honestly, when we did it compared to what we did the first go-around. Um, the, the first time, we kind of got together and came up with the idea... Um, you know, starting with and, and quite evolved immensely from the beginning to, I mean, even while we were shooting, it was evolving immensely. Oh. So, um, you know, the process, the first time I, I got to give a lot of credit to Mike, he really did a ton of the, of the grunt work, um, for lack of a better term. I think that's a Marine term too, somewhat. <laughs> so, uh, it applies to him directly. Um, and I would kind of come in and, and, you know, put a lot of the finishing touches on stuff or, or, or dabble around and mix it in. This last time, um, through the miracle of collaboration uh, on, on the writing software, we really kind of got into it and, and, and typed through a lot more of it directly. Um, so even that is evolving a lot. But uh, one of the cool things about, about the second time, too, was we were able to just kind of act it out. Because one of the really weird things is it's one thing to write something on a page and then turn around and hear it mm -hmm. or read it. A lot of times it sounds completely different. Uh, most of the time not in a good way when it sounds completely different. Yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah, but it's a, it's a, we have, a, I think we have a great synergy and, and, and I think <laughs> a lot of it's because of wrestling. 
uh, <laughs> we think a lot alike, and a lot of times we we kind of know you know the background of what each of us is thinking, and and you know it's been it's been nice. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> if I could add to that too, like he's a great. I think we work really well together, and it really is a fifty fifty thing. And that does go back to wrestling because in the wrestling business, you have to trust the guy that you're working with. And there's a lot of yielding that you have to do. Like, and we as men, especially like we're all alpha males, you know, it, it, it's very hard to yield. You don't want to give up no. the territory or anything, but you have to be able to be open to everybody else's ideas and stuff like that. And, and we, we just work really well like that together. It's like if he comes up with an idea, I'm like, OK, cool. Let's see how that works. If I come up with something, he's like, OK, cool. Let's see how that works. And then we sort of through trial and error, we come up with all the bits and stuff. And he's got particular strengths and I have particular strengths and we balance each other out really well. So, it works you know, what's interesting, I'd love to jump in is, is like what. When you say alpha males, you know, they're, they're, this this entire cast, for those of you that aren't aware who's in the movie yet, uh, Randy Couture is one of our stars, Boz Rutten, who's a, a, a big, you know, uh, MMA fighter. And, uh, you know, all these guys that we had brought, that we brought together are all these alpha males, are very, full, very, you know, very kind of big personalities. And uh, in order for them to support each other, each other's characters, you really have to check your ego at the door or the movie doesn't work. Yeah. And in Hollywood, you know, it's it's rare. I mean, there's always it seems there's always somebody there's always an ego. There's always somebody that that puts a, a stench on the production, you know, that I find. And, <laughs> We really didn't get that in the show. It's it was uh, we got very lucky. Did we lose Adrian? Oh, no, it looks like we lost him. Uh, hopefully he'll come back. Uh, you, you but... know what? You know what's funny about that, Max is is uh, you know we were talking about it before. I, I have never been on a movie set where it was so easy to develop that trust and that symmetry, and and you would just think with so many you know badass dudes running around on there or whatever the case is with legacies behind them. I mean, like Randy and Boz. I mean, good, oh. you know, and and everybody was the kindest, most down-to-earth, genuine team players. You know, there were there was no anything. I mean, except for you. But, I mean, nothing, nothing else. You know, everybody else was fun. Uh, so I'm going to ask this question to Mike. Okay, yeah. Mike? Uh the Manson Brothers uh, Zombie Midnight Massacre is... Midnight Zombie Massacre. Yes, sorry. I mean, <laughs> could you have not have picked a more simpler title? Uh, <laughs> I, well, I'll, uh, there's a story behind that one. I want to hear that. Okay, so there, there, I'm a big, huge fan of early 70s European horror films, which basically come from two places at that time, Italy and Spain. Mm-hmm. And they often had these very long titles, like The Night Evelyn Came Out of the Grave or The Weird Midnight Horror Show or any number of them. So I like I wanted to do a throwback title and I wanted to have the Manson Brothers title be first because then it indicated that this is the Midnight Zombie Massacre, but that the Manson brothers would go on to do other films. It was going to be an, you know, like an anthology of, of stories. So that's where that came from. And I figured with a title this long and wacky, people would tend to remember it. Even if they remembered it discombobulated, you know, they'd be like, oh, yeah, that's that. It, it's better than naming the movie they yeah or, it does leave an impression or whatever you know it, it does leave an impression uh now chris this movie's yes. coming out september 10th okay correct uh, i'm assuming it's coming out uh on video on demand right uh it's both vod and there's a 10 city theatrical release uh which may be expanding from there Nice. Um, but it'll, it'll release on VOD and in theaters the, the same day, both on September 10th. Nice, nice. Amazon, YouTube, Voodoo. Cool, very cool. So, Chris, somebody walks up to you and says, this movie, the, you know, the Manson Brothers Zombie Midnight Massacre. Did I get it correct, Mike? I got it. I got That's it. okay. <laughs> so this no, movie's we... coming out September 10th. What the hell is this about? Because the log line in the movie reads... Uh, this is what sometimes you need the bad guys, uh, something like that. Well, it's, 
basically time you know so in the in the film we're the most notorious hated tag team in the world and uh time to root for the bad guys is basically you know it's kind of up to us to save the world uh, which by the way if there's two guys you didn't want to save the world it would be absolutely it would be us for sure um yeah so i mean it's effectively like you get these two guys who by mistake are in a situation that they're in no way shape or form prepared for for um, but you know, by hook and by crook, uh, it, it kind of handles itself in, in, a, in a bunch of different ways. Um, it, yeah, I mean, it, it, that's exactly what it is. Is it's like Mike Max said, it's kind of Dumb and Dumber or the Heart or uh, Laurel and Hardy or something to that effect. Uh, I think it's you know, Clerks. It's Clerks meets like uh, Twenty Eight Days Later. That's what I mean. That's an interesting analogy, right there. One thing I will say, though, I have to say this, and again, this is credit to Max Martini, who you know I, I can't say enough great things about as far as directing this film and just as a as a human being. But you know, unlike other films in the genre or or you know in multiple genres that are horror, you know, zombie comedy. You know, when it's time to be funny, it's funny. But when it's time to be horrific and zombie, it's horrific and zombie. And and, and the two don't really, you know, intersect much. Uh, it, it, it manages to really toe the line between both. Cool. Um, I, I think it covers a lot of bases for people. And that's one of the things I'm, I'm proud of about it. And yeah. again, that's a testament to Max. Nice. Yeah, the, the zombie attacks are very gruesome. There's a, there's, a, you know, there's a lot of blood. There's a lot of body parts flying. And, and, yeah. Uh, we we went all out on those and and uh, but but yeah the comedy the comedy plays throughout. I think through the zombie attacks you sort of you don't realize how ridiculous every you know it, 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 they're they're so uh, uh, charged that you kind of lose track of where you were comedically and you get in you know and then you're and then you're you're back in it you know yeah yeah pretty quick after that but but yeah. Now, Adrian, uh, like I said, I, see, I still can't stop looking at that backdrop, Max. What's going on? <laughs> it is kind of distracting. It's it's Windows like ninety five or Windows. I, mean, I was just gonna say it's like a DOS pattern. <laughs> now, Adrian, uh, like yeah. I said, your career is very long. Is this the first uh, film uh, involving zombies that you've ever done? Uh, no, I did one called, uh, the killing box with, uh, Martin Sheen. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's a civil war, civil war set, uh, uh, timeframe, uh, piece about Southern, um, uh, it's complicated. Zombies. Yeah. No, zombies. So this be- zombies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to watch that. I never even heard of it. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I've that was pretty cool, man. Uh, I should say I heard of it. I didn't know it was about zombies. Do you remember? Do you remember Adrian from Near Dark? Yes. Yes. So I mean, just going back to, to Adrian and the question and horror, you've done a variety of stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, is do you particularly enjoy uh, horror? Doing horror more than any other genre? Or are you just wide open to anything? Yeah, I mean, the you know, <clears throat> I think the genre itself, when it's done well, can be really fun, you know, really uh, rewarding. Uh, it, it's um, it's a shame. It's a really easy one to mess up. It's also a very difficult one to get right. Uh, so a lot of people do it, and a lot of people fail. Yeah, it is complicated, especially yeah. if you're doing uh, a, a zombie comedy. Uh, there have been some big successes uh, going back to like Return of the Living Dead, uh, and then more recently Shaun of the Dead. So there have been some great zombie comedies out there. Now, Dave, David, um, how? What is your feeling in being in horror movies? Uh, do you enjoy the genre? Are you a fan of the genre itself? You know, um. Yeah, I really am. And before I think I did one, I, I don't know if I if I was such. I, I liked watching them, but kind of like what Adrian said, there's such a huge gamut of what horror movies are. And there's the some that are like, you know, just throwing enough blood and sex on it. And yeah. it's like, you know, people will watch it or something, but it doesn't make it a good or a cool movie that you would want to be a part of. And then there's some that are just 
legendary, you know, that are so good there. And when you're involved in an actual well done, fun, and and, and then I, I guess for lack of a better term, like a deeper one that isn't just thrown together where people are just trying to be like, ah, story doesn't matter. It's just, you know, like just more sex, more blood. Keep going. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, it can be a ton of fun. So I'm, I'm definitely a big fan of being in them. Uh, at this point, awesome. look to do more. You know what? You know what? It's an amazing thing. I think you guys will agree is how quickly you become used to the fact that you're between takes, seeing people covered in blood and dismembered. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just like you're sitting there at lunch with some guy that's got no arm and his eyes missing, and I mean, pulled out. And it's like, it's oh. just how how yeah. how quickly that becomes like. Oh, well, I know where I'm on set. That's cool. Yeah, I can imagine what it was like in like 1941 when Lon Chaney Jr. would show up at the commissary in the Wolfman exactly. makeup. Exactly. You know, and, and it, like people would just treat him like he belonged there. It was no big deal. Or, yeah, yeah, I get it. I mean, going back to the 40s and the 30s, Max, uh, being the director, um, it's your job on how you want to balance uh, character storytelling to blood, guts, and gore. There have been some great movies that had great character stories and threw in, uh, when it was necessary, the blood and the gore. Uh, was that challenging for you when it came to uh, this movie? Is it challenging for you overall as a director trying to find that nice balance between the two? Well, you know, we we did have when, when we started in pre-production, we did work on that balance a little bit in the script. And, we, you know, like Mike and Chris and I got together and, you know, I, I was saying, guys, it's like, you know, because one of my, one of the things that I wanted to focus on was making sure that the ride was continuous and that it didn't stall so that, you know, there were moments where I was like, we need an attack here. We need to bring the zombies in earlier. We need to, there needs to be more character, you know, here we got to, we're following, you know, five or six different characters throughout this film, but at the same time, it's a zombie movie and it needs to, you know, so we, we've got to feed the audience, uh, you know, the right level of comedy and the right level of zombie, for lack of a better word. And, and, uh, you know, so we did work on that. And, you know, and, and, and I, 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 look, I had a really wonderful introduction to the genre. And then I, I, I did Pacific Rim with, with Guillermo del Toro. Another and, great movie. Yeah. Oh my God. But he, I mean, he, when, when I got that part, I, you know, like I said, not having been a fan, I, I went, okay, I better figure out what he's done. And, you know. I had seen Pan's Labyrinth, which was a masterful film. And uh, I started going back into the Hellboy movies. I went back to Kronos and The Devil's Backbone and, and watched all these, you know, his uh, his earlier works. And he really was so uh, creative in, in, in his designs and his monsters and the way he, he you know, directed and and orchestrated his horror elements. And so, you know, that was a bit of an inspiration. And, uh, you know, go back to your question, sure, yeah. I mean, we did have, there was a lot of balance in it. It, it was uh, a big uh, focus in my now, now, this question is for both Mike and Chris. Now, zombies have been given to us as an audience in a variety of different ways. You have uh, the Romero slow crawlers. The, I call them snail zombies. <laughs> then, then you have the rage zombies from 28 Days Later, World War Z, uh, Black Summer. Uh, which approach, which kind of zombie did you guys uh, pick for this movie? Well, we, we picked the rage zombies for one reason and one reason only, because we didn't have the budget to make, make them look Hordes like hot corpses. So I'm a big fan of zombie films that going back to when I was a kid. I like the snail zombies, and I like the running zombies. I like them all. Yeah, me but, too. And I really like, there's a movie from 1979 called Zombie by Lucio Fulci, where I think have the most realistic-looking corpse zombies ever. There's a, you know, I don't know what to think about the movie, but the zombies are horrifying. 
And if we're not going to make them look like that, I didn't want to do them. And we just we knew even before Max got involved, we're like, well, we're never going to get the budget to do that kind of stuff. So we decided, well, it's better to make them infected and make them rage zombies. So that's what we did. That surprises me because, I mean, I get the whole slow zombies. They get more camera time. You got to really pay attention to the detail on the makeup. But I would think just the angry zombies. I don't know. I always thought they would be more expensive. Uh, they were they were very expensive. Mikey, I can't you, <laughs> you if you uh, we had an amazing visual effects uh, company. Oh, totally. And, and yeah, I think our zombies are pretty. I, I think what no, Mike's referring I, I to. Said, I, I, I think I, what Mike means is when you have the snail zombie, which I'm a huge fan of myself because I grew up on Night of the Living Dead and, and mm -hmm. Dawn of the Dead. Those. In, in our mind, it required so many more people to have that horde of zombies because in those films, the idea is don't get trapped inside of a bunch of them. You can weave your way around. Yeah. They don't move very fast. But all of a sudden, if there's 40 of them, you got a big problem. Uh, um, and, and so in our mind, when we were thinking of that, that was the reasoning. It was just it was going to take that yeah. many more people. We didn't um, really know if it was going to cost yeah. more or not. We were just sort of we were throwing a dart. More bodies. Yeah, it was the thought. But, but to Max's point, the effects that we have on the rage oh. zombies in this film are like our zombie effects are awesome. It's it's insane. When we first seen the film, the first time I saw it, that was the one thing that jumped out at me the most. Like the zombies looked incredible. Yeah, not, yeah, they're they were really cool. That. And so that's you know, Max. I think that's what you were trying to get at. And and our zombie effects are amazing, really. Yeah. This is this is a you know, it's a it's a just shy of two million dollar, you know, horror film. And and which uh, is pretty. That's a good budget. It's a great budget. Very and good. Our visual effects department delivered, went way beyond uh, their their budgetary restrictions yeah. that what they gave us. So. Oh, awesome. I mean, okay. Now to David, all right? You were a Navy SEAL. You have been probably in some scary-ass situations. Uh, when it comes to the snail zombies or the rage zombies, okay? <laughs> Putting yourself in, you know, your character's position, uh, would you rather take on a herd of 10 snails zombies or two, one or two rage zombies that are up your ass in like less than a second. Uh, well, I think the, the, the really the scariest thing in the world was Max on set after a day <laughs> when you know things just didn't have hadn't gone well. That was like the worst of all of them. So that's you know, a rage like zombie. That, but, <laughs> yes, rage zombie. <laughs> I mean, come on, no, I mean you don't you don't want to mess with the rage zombies, man. Those things are fast and yeah. they're like all over the place. They're like the rabid dogs or the ex girlfriend zombies. You know, like you don't want that. Um, so I'll yeah, take the, the uh, stump zombie. Yeah, a little, the little, they just run away and like hit them with a rock or something. Absolutely, me too. Uh, the the snail zombies, they don't really scare me, but like, I mean, I I, I liked World War Z. I'm not saying it's the best movie with rage zombies, but I, I liked I World it. War Z. I mean, it was a big budget, hot, you know, film and all that, and it had, it didn't spare any expense and. If you read the stories, they had to spare a lot of expenses and reshoot the whole ending to that. But mm -hmm. I mean, those just absolutely freaked me out and 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 whatnot. Uh, Chris, also, did you going back to the whole the way the zombies have been presented to us as an audience over the years? Did you guys try to throw in into the story? Uh, something different that, as an audience, we may not have seen in regards to zombie, maybe in the origin of the zombie or anything else? Well, definitely the origin, I think, although I think we were much more specific with the with the origin. Um, because it's a part of the wrestling world, we, we, we came up with the idea of, of making the, the kind of genesis of the virus uh, a, a black market, um, I'll say, foreign... Uh, PED that one of our friends is taking okay. and, and from that he contracts this virus that then mutates him and he begins to spread it um, throughout the arena so so I think from the from the from the genesis standpoint of it yeah we went a little bit different 
And then we present you with uh, bodybuilder zombies and, and people who are not bodybuilder zombies, uh, guys in sausage outfits that are zombies. I mean, there's all manner of uh, zombies available that you'll uh, that you'll find in the film. But again, the great part about it is that each and every one of them is extremely brutal. You'll forget whatever comedic part there is when you actually watch them dismember and maim people, uh, which if you're into that thing. It's uh, it's particularly wonderful to watch. So that's you know, the, I, Adrian. Uh, part one of the things that I was loving that was happening in pre-production is like when I was calling these actors, these buddies of mine, and you know, like Adrian, for instance, I was like, "Listen, dude, your you know your character is going to be high throughout this entire film." And you're <laughs> sucking on a nitrous bottle. He was like, "Let's go." This other guy, uh, Luis Fortunata who was in my other movie, uh, you know, I called him up and I said, Luis, listen, I got a great role for you, but you have to wear a chorizo outfit. He was like, oh, bro. It's just a reaction. But uh, everybody, uh, Adrian was, was brilliant. Now, Adrian, oh, yeah. how, how did this role come come your way? Did you Did your agent get you the audition did you have to audition the script how did it all work out for you to be in this film max made me uh fly in and audition uh it was very you made adrian audition yeah i had to fly in and it was like two in the morning and we were on the roof of the hotel and i didn't understand what was going on we're uh, like can't you get anybody else i was like oh yeah i was like can't somebody like mason reed <laughs> Somebody do this. I mean, <laughs> who happens to be Max's stand-in? Um, I, I no. I, uh, Max called me up, and to the goodness of his heart, uh, and also that he fact nobody else would do it. Um, and do this, and uh, it, it was just an easy, easy choice. I mean, your buddy calls you and says, "Come in." I, you know, I don't think any one of us here would say anything, but of course. Uh... <laughs> That's a funny story. Four minutes, two in the morning. Now, Max, IMDb has you listed as having some voiceover work in this movie. Is that accurate? Uh, it is accurate. We we the, what? There's a there's a great scene where uh, Chris and Mike's characters they they're, they're actually living in these trailers behind the the venue, and. Uh, and we go back into their homes and we, you know, they're with their girls and they, we have this kind of Walt Disney moment, which is really good. Uh, but we need a, a doctor because Chris's character has, is, uh, is going through uh, anger management therapy. So uh, I did it just so he had someone, you know, to react to. And then we ended up using it. And uh, yeah, so I, I do play. Plays Dr. Chu. Doctor Chu, yeah. Uh, do you uh, probably the best work ever too? <laughs> now, now, Max, as your as your career uh, moves forward, do you want to spend a lot more time behind the camera as opposed as to being in front of it? Yeah, I'm trying to 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 make that transition right now. In fact, so th this the Manson Brothers is my second movie. Uh, I have a, an offer to do another one uh, before the end of the year, and then I have a script that I wrote that's a, a World War II period film that uh, that I'm looking to direct. The financing is pretty much together for it. So awesome! Now, Matt, I want to talk to you about uh, one of your former movies that you were uh, a part of, Thirteen Hours. Uh, great, great film. Uh, you know, along the same lines as like a Captain Phillips film. What was your experience in shooting Thirteen Hours? Uh, it was amazing. I mean, we, you know, what one of the best experiences during that that whole process was being able to work with the actual guys that were surviving the attack in Benghazi. So, uh, you know, they were in Malta with us, and, and I got to really collaborate with the guy that I played and, and uh, you know, and, it, and all of us felt like that was a, a story that needed some clarification that needed to, you know, be told it's a horrific event and, and it, you know, shouldn't have happened. So, so, uh, and, and I agree with you. I think it's one of Michael Bay's best movies. It is you know? for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's a great story. I mean, it just, 
I mean, I don't even know where to begin. Those guys, you know, it was just like what? Just a bunch of them stayed behind and they, they fought to protect uh, when they were just so outnumbered. Um, you know, so uh, Dave, uh, going forward in your career, uh, what would you like to do more of? Do you want, as an actor, do you want to expand and see, you know, what more stuff you're capable of? and push your limits, keep pushing yourself as an actor, challenging yourself to see uh, what you can achieve and conquer? Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm always looking to um, figure out what, what the most challenging, uh, vulnerable, just kind of offline you know, role that, I, that we can actually start to work in and jump into. Um, the farther away that I think that it is from Dave on a daily basis, the more um, attracted that I ultimately am to it, you know, and, and now we've actually, um, I'm now also producing stuff and I have uh, my own production company and things like that. And some of the movies that we have slated to go here in the next two years or so um, are going to give you the chance to do that and really delve into some just completely unique work where that ultimately I wouldn't probably would never be seen in an audition actually, you know, or selected to come in for um, and, and kind of spread my wings like on that. Really What's that, Max? I couldn't hear your shit talk like about Characters <laughs> that you wouldn't normally get selected for, like really manly men. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I will tell you that the character Dave plays in the movie, Carson, is as far away from Dave as you could get. I mean, he's he, he really kills it. And uh, if you know Dave, well, which I'm fortunate too, it's as far away from Dave's real personality and and as you could get, and he just kills it. He's so funny and he's so odd, and you really believe that he's this character who's also based on an actual guy that Chris and I know, oh. which is even funnier. But uh, <laughs> I just wanted to it at, at like at physical comedy. He was really great, you know, fumbling with his weapon. I mean, he's obviously a, a I just wanted to mention, since we were talking about 13 hours, all the great work Max does with veterans, and he really does a lot for us uh, veterans, and he does it from his heart, especially the guys that have uh, traumatic brain injury and, and stuff like that, and uh, and he really puts his heart into it, and that's that comes from a sincere place. It's no BS. He's not putting on airs. That's really him. So again, thanks, Max. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, but, you so know, much. On that note, just to to mention, we were able to put four uh, veterans and leads in this film on camera. So Dave is a veteran. Mike's a veteran, like we said. Randy Couture is a veteran. Uh, Luis Fortunata, who was in the, the Chorizo outfit, he's a veteran. Um, and, and we had a lot of veterans behind the camera too, working in our crew. So there, there's, I, I always try to, you know, make an effort to, to throw a bone door. In fact, back. you mentioned, um, you mentioned Wolf Rosie and our stunt coordinator, Freddie Joe Farnsworth was, I believe an advisor on that film as well. And, uh, he's a vet and all our stunt guys were veterans. So it was really a great experience. I, I bet. I bet. Dave, is there, um, when you're playing uh, a person, you know, a character in the armed services uh, and having been in the armed services, do you feel uh, um, some extra pressure to make sure that it is portrayed as accurately as possible? Well, I think it's actually there's kind of a there's there's a unique challenge with that. And that's, in my opinion, a lot of the uh, a lot of the movies that are actually out there don't portray people in the military how they actually are and, and and they portray them how the public perceives them or you know or whatever the case is and so like going in there and, and playing a role that's a military role or something and then you're sitting there and you're going this isn't at all how these guys would actually be you know or anything like in the real world so it kind of makes it because you actually know that and it's something that's so near and dear to my heart you know it's it's kind of it can be a challenge, you know, in that kind of a thing, you know, yeah. to, to separate the fantasy from the reality and something that's so, uh, so close to me. Exactly. Exactly. And Mike, you know, you being in the, uh, in the military and being the co-writer in this, I'm sure you try 
to make the depiction of the armed services as realistic as possible, right? Well, we, I haven't written anything that had any uh, that had any military uh, uh, roles in it. Uh, if I were, I would, because uh, I think it bears, uh, you know, I think they should do it the right way. And I know that there, uh, there's people out there that watch, like I said, Freddie Joe, he advises on a lot of films and he's an expert in the field and he speaks all over the world on it. And uh, you want those guys like, uh, you know, yeah, you definitely want to make that stuff as like Dave said, it's you want to make it real and not how people real, like think it is. And the two of those things are not always together. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you, you want to be like that. I, I'll echo what Dave said. on that one. Now, Adrian, uh, I have not seen the movie yet uh, and I'm kicking myself. I should have asked Max for a screener before we got to this interview. <laughs> So I'm going to watch it when it comes out on the 10th. Adrian, your character in the movie, uh, was it a a physically intense role? Was it not, you know, physically intensive? How would you describe the character that you play? Stoned. (laughs) Physically intense, not even a little bit. (laughs) Wait, who plays the doctor? Adrian. 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 Yeah. So you're a stone doctor. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, this is stacked up on nitrust. Yeah. This character just got out of rehab when you meet him. He's, uh... <laughs> Look, right back to the nitrous bottle. Yeah. It didn't work. Yeah, there was no physical real uh, demands. I mean, it, you know, it was just, it, well, at the very end, I had to get that. Yeah, there, there was some. There was some stuff, uh, you know, but it was it wasn't physically taxing at all. Uh, now, Max, having a budget, like you said, around two million dollars, uh, you know, this being one of your, you know, early directing, you you haven't directed much. This is like what was it? Your first or second directing? Second. Okay. And working with a budget that's really nice for a horror movie for two million dollars. Did it allow you to do uh, stuff that you didn't think would be possible in your second, you know, directing gig? You know, the, I, one of the things about, I mean, you know, in in the grand scheme of things, it's it's it seems like more money than it is. It's when it, when it comes to you know when you when you do a movie, one of the things that you realize is that how much money you know, you're going to fork over to unions, how much money is going to go to transportation departments and different, so that, you know, we, out of the gate, everybody sucks half of the budget up. And then and then what you have to do is kind of, you come in with a really grandiose idea of what you want to make, and then you start whittling it down to something that realistically fits within the parameters of what you're, you know, you have available. So, never enough money. Yeah, those fish. Yeah, so, is actually bigger than than what we got on screen and i know what we have on screen is a much bigger movie than you would picture for for you know the money that we had to work with so okay okay and he still has the scar from where he had to sell the kidney to finish it <laughs> uh but but i but i'm working my way up my first film was was a two and a half million dollar budget this was just under two Next one's four, so I'm, you know, it's it's small. Step. Isn't it going in reverse? Aren't you supposed to be getting bigger budgets? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, Adrian, how much time uh, from when you're, you're you started shooting to the end? How much time did you? Uh, we don't know how long your character. I haven't seen the movie. I don't know how long your character lasts in the movie. It's the best way not to give out spoilers. You know, I haven't seen it. But how much time did you spend on set uh, for this film? Uh, well, like I said, let me say I was stoned. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, three days really long, and other days seemed really short. Even Uh, when they were actually really long. (laughs) Right. (laughs) No, I, how many, I don't know, Max, that would be a, Max question. How how long was the shoot? Yeah, how long did the shoot last, Max? 17 days. Was it like 22 days or something like that? 17. 17. Was it? Yeah. And how hard is it to make a full featured film in 17 days? (laughs) I mean, how many hours were you guys putting in a day? A lot. 
a lot, yeah. a lot of hours. Well, you know, but but oddly, there wasn't a lot of overtime. I mean, it, it, oh. we were putting in twelve-hour days. You know, the the thing that uh, about having veteran actors come on to your production is that there's just you know these guys came in like i said without any ego they did exactly what they just fell right into the vision and the sync with everything and 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 so we didn't have to spend a lot of time working things out you know mike and chris are former wrestlers you know we actually found a group of wrestlers in new mexico where we were shooting that we that we turned into zombies. These guys were were, were practicing in a, in a backyard uh, for you know, <laughs> really, man. And no, I, mean, I believe just, you. You know how many people do that? A lot. <laughs> well, these guys are actually they wrestle an independent circuit down there. They were they, they were very good. They were they were well trained guys, for, especially for guys that were practicing in a backyard. It right. Was, they they, they helped train two actors, Jason Coviello and Tim Stafford played this other tag team that we wrestle in the beginning and they're wonderful. And um, they helped train them and they picked it up really quick. And it's not the easiest thing to do, especially without jacking yourself up. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. reading comments on the right here, they're pretty amazing. Way to go. Adrian. <laughs> Max is so hot. Max is so hot. Max is so hot. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that, but we'll discuss. Was it. that you? I've been the whole time, Max. You finally read. <laughs> uh, so, Chris, moving forward, uh, you know, uh, writing. Uh, do you see you and Mike working together? Since you have such good synergy together, is there any thoughts of uh, you maybe leaving Mike behind and doing something on well, your own? You know, <laughs> no, you know, um, I would never hold him back. Oh, okay. Like you'd need to. Uh, I love working with Mike. Um, you know, again, we've written the second script. If I could, if I could do these things until the day, hopefully a long time from now, that I that I die, uh, I would love that. That would be that would just be the best thing in the world. Um, you know, like everybody else, I certainly have ambitions to to do uh, different things. Although, you know, I'm I'm not probably as um, uh, looking to stretch myself as much as Dave, um, uh, like Dave mentioned. I'd be happy playing Stone Manson forever. If, if there was a job to do that, um, it, it would be fantastic. So uh, I definitely want to continue writing. Um, I really like writing with Mike. Um, that's it, it's you know it seems so um, natural when we do it. Uh, hopefully you know we can move on to um, you know a continue to do this and b do some other projects and it'll be as natural. I'm sure it will. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely want to continue to do both and, 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 you know, with Mike, but 100%. Now, Mike, uh, both of you guys have mentioned there's a second script. So you guys, I'm assuming you're talking about Midnight Massacre. You guys have already written up uh, a sequel. If it, yeah, we yes. uh, yeah. called the Manson brothers, satanic vampire death match. Uh, we wrote it. It's been done. We were supposed to have it done by now. Max was going to direct it, and then we run into we ran into some funding problems and COVID and all this other and crap. Yeah. Lost our funding, so I was finally like, "You guys have held me back long enough. I'm going to clown college now." <laughs> but is this? No, we're planning on doing it as soon as possible. As soon as we get the funding, we're we're going into production on it, and we'll have it done. But is it a sequel to Zombie Massacre? It is a sequel. It's not a. It's, we don't. The uh, the zombies aren't going to go on. It's a different story. So what we want to do is have a series of films where every film the Manson brothers get into more hijinks with a different kind of horror element. You know, we don't want to keep the same the same thing all the time, except for you know a couple of the characters. Like you know, the eight. Well, I don't want to spoil. It, I ain't going to say it. But uh, uh, so the Manson brothers will go on, and it'll just be a different messes that they're getting themselves into man those poor manson <laughs> brothers you know and living in a zombie world satanic cults yes right. exactly it's a satanic a satanic vampire cult and the manson brothers they have to foil them and uh they they do it they have a plan it falls apart and uh go ahead max sorry no i said the vampires are all hot chicks yeah it's it's a it's a coven of hot chick vampires. And Max, you directed that one as well also, right? Well, we haven't shot it yet, but we I will. Yes. It. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully. 
uh, and there's and there's uh, evil mimes and there's one-eyed bartenders and there's all kinds of there's a Viking there's all kinds of goofy characters in it. So typical film. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now you know uh, talking about zombie movies again for a little bit. You know the uh, mortality rate with the uh, characters is not very good in favor of uh adrian and david here you know i'm just i'm sorry guys i haven't seen the film but i don't think your characters have such a happy ending in this i'm not spoiling anything i haven't seen it gotta wait and see gotta watch the film i got i'm gonna watch the film (laughs) on the 10th um so in this i gotta gotta tell you something john i uh i was just sitting here thinking it's too bad randy's not not on this but uh uh, just to show you what a great guy he is, one night we were walking down the street to go to have a beer or whatever it was, and it was just the two of us. And we were crossing that street, you boys were, you know, that little street, that, that long past the church, that, that street that goes down, whatever. Yeah. We were walking down to one of those bars. And as we're walking, I'm it's just the two of us. And I'm looking, I see about 30 feet ahead of us about to cross the street. There's a couple of local tough guys. Uh, <laughs> they're kids, you know, but they're like, they're fanned out a little bit and they're kind of like, they got that going on, you know, yeah. and they're, they're eyeballing us. Right. And they're like, and we're walking across the street. They're coming this way. We're going this way. And they're, they're fanning out a little bit. Like they're going to take up this, the street. And I'm like, you guys, do you, do you have any fucking idea what you're, you know, <laughs> and Randy sees them too, but without breaking a stride, he kind of hooks his arm around mine and gently encourages me to give them as much room as they want. Well, that was nice. That was and nice. And they're like, yeah, I told you a bunch of, you know, and, and I was thinking, it just, he kept talking and telling the story, but I kept thinking, what a gentleman, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's funny, because Mark Dennis has a similar story. I wonder if it's Randy. Does he attract this shit? <laughs> well, I don't know, you know, but it was just like one of those moments where I thought, wow, you know, that's that's the way to go, the high road, you know, what would it, you know, just give them, and they kept going as if they were, you know, like they had won out and they got the best of you and all that crap. Yeah, they made the, the two old guys uh, move off to the yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was actually, there was a funny, uh, there was a night for some reason, I, I had filmed in the morning or something and then I, I got wrapped out for the day. And so Randy, Boz, and I were all off that evening. So we all decided we're going to go get dinner and go to a bar. And that's you know, a some drinks or whatever it is. three of us do. So we go to dinner and everything. And, and Boz, Boz and Randy are the nicest guys in the, in the world. The, the most lethal teddy bears that you'll ever, you know, kind of meet. But I take a picture. We're getting ready to walk into this bar. And I turn around and snap a selfie with the three of us. And I send it to Max while he's still directing on set. And I say, uh, a Navy SEAL and two UFC legends walk into a bar. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Finish the joke. And he replies and goes, Please no. Please, no. <laughs> well, I, hold on, I got to tell you one more thing. When I that I think it was the night before, or the night after, Dave, we went, we were we went back to to the your car, and you were going to give us a ride. I can't remember, and I'm in the back seat, and we're doing about 140 in a school zone. Oh, Don't God. say that. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, well, if we do get pulled over. <laughs> I'm like, but I got these two knuckleheads in the front. I can't wait to see what the cop says. <laughs> we didn't, uh, but I just remember thinking, wow, if, I, if I'm going to get pulled over, I'm happy those two are in the front with, you know. Oh, it was man. the safest movie set ever, I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Guys, this hour, a- this hour has just flown by. It's been, I mean, the fun that you guys must have had and are still having with this film. It's just, uh, it's something special. And, uh, you know, I'm glad all you guys got to share in it. It's been an absolute, just beyond a treat, talking to you guys, getting to hear your stories. The movie, Mike, I'm going to screw it up. Say the title of the the movie. movie. The movie is The Manson Brothers Midnight Zombie Massacre. It comes out September 10th in selected theaters. On iTunes, Voodoo, Amazon, YouTube, VOD everywhere. You can catch us at Max Martini LA, at C Margatis, at Real Mike Carey, at Official David Meadows, and at Adrian Pazdar on Instagram, and also at Manson Brothers the Movie. And visit us at mansonbrothers.com. 
for this cool merchandise. Awesome. I'll be watching it on the 10th. I'm sure a lot of our audience, a lot of our audience will be watching it as well. Everybody just looking at the chats. We had a nice big audience here tonight. They loved it. They loved listening to you guys. Thank you. I just so- want to clear it up. It wasn't a school zone. <laughs> <laughs> you can't take that back. You can't take that. It was two in the morning, and it was it was no, it wasn't a school. Time. School was not in session. No. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, for being Thank on you, the show. Thank you. It's Thank been you an so absolute much. treasure. Thanks to everybody who listened and watched. Yeah, yeah, we had a, a huge, we had a really Thank nice you. crowd tonight. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, on behalf of me and these four great guys, uh, sorry, five guys, stay safe and stay well, warm. <laughs> 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 All right, stay walking, guys. Good night. <laughs>